everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Reading of Adult Children of Alcoholics. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child of an alcoholic. We meet every Tuesday at 7 in the Cobble Hill neighborhood of Brooklyn. You are welcome to join us and we would love to see you there. We are recording our speakers every week and putting the recordings online because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like more information about the program or want to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. Our speaker this week is our amazing Robin who will be talking about connecting with her loving parents and inner child. Please enjoy. Hi, everybody. Um, so, um, I think I'd like to start with what brought me here. Um, I had been, I was, I'm now like nine and a half years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I, oh yeah, Linus, you're the best. Um, and I, at like six years sober, I was just like hitting, hitting a massive emotional bottom and just could not figure out why. Um, my first few years of sobriety were really tough too. Like sobriety as a whole has been really like emotional for me. I felt a lot of feelings, but at six years, it was like the feelings of like suicide we're kind of coming back, and, and I've never been overly, you know, active about suicide, but like once a month, it's like I would, I would think like life is so hard that I would just like rather not be here, and, and so it was also triggered by the fact that in reality, I, I so just did not want to be alone in my life, like I, I crave for this imaginary relationship with this human being that was God, you know, that there wasn't really realistic at all. And what I continued to attract from early sobriety on was my father, in reality, was, was a man that was an alcoholic generally, who was unable to be available for me emotionally, who was addicted to excitement, who was very exciting, who was only interested in, in themselves and like what I brought to them and wasn't really able to understand, honor, and respect me as the colorful person that I am. And so I had moved to, I had, had been working on boats for a series of years, and, and I had moved to Brooklyn and had decided, like, this, this felt like a solution for me. Um, and I had, there was a specific guy that brought me into this. I had a neighbor who was, like, a big-time pothead who, like, I just was super, super into, and I almost, like, hooked up with him and... And, like, I felt so abandoned when it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to turn out. And, and that's also a part, of, a part of my story is, like, I just, like, suffer so hard when a relationship doesn't turn out. It feels like somebody has died for me. It's, like, it's such a desperate, hopeless, helpless feeling of, like, my whole chest caving in, you know, and it happens in waves. But it's a very real experience for me. So I came into the rooms and I looked around for a period of time and tried to get a sponsor and I, I got one and we worked the steps and and so 
it's kind of been a little journey um, from that point forward. And I, I have to admit to this point, like I still disassociate. Like I think for the first portion of me talking, like I probably wasn't in my body. I feel a little bit more connected now, but like I, I that hasn't gone away for me completely. Um, I like to spend money to, to you know, like I, abandoning myself is what I know how to do. And the, the truth is, is that to this day, I, I still do it. You know, I, I do it in a lot of different forms and I do it sometimes and I, I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Um, but what I'm coming to realize is like, that's okay. Like that's, that's really okay. Like it's okay that there's gray area. It's okay that it's not perfect. It's okay that, that I have feelings. It's, a, it's, all just, it's all just fucking okay. And um, that is something that I, that I have never been able to understand in my whole life. So um, I picked a couple of passages. Um, um, one of which is the tools for connecting for, to the inner child. So that has also been a part of my journey. Like, I don't know, it's not anything that... I dreamt up, you guys said, like, you need to connect with your inner child, that's the solution, you know, through a higher power, and so I started to try to be, to, to form this relationship with my inner child. So, um, as mentioned, there is a, a non-dominant handwriting, which we write out a question to the inner child with our dominant hand, and then we use the non-dominant hand. Um, in, after introducing ourselves to the inner child within, we ask other questions. We write out questions with our dominant hand and write the reply with our other hand. So this is, this is one of the tools that, um, that has really, I think, more than anything, helped me to form some kind of a dialogue with my inner child. Um, I don't do it with my dominant hand because like, I'm too impatient for that. So I take a deep breath after I write out the question and then I write it with the same hand and I still get an answer and I still have, you know, I've still begun to form some kind of relationship with this little, thank you, this little person that like actually lives like kind of from a little bit above my belly button to like the middle of my chest bone. And I actually like try to picture it like it's a little robin. Like I, when I do yoga, I take deep breaths and try to like connect to that part of myself. Um, I'll like, I get super, super nervous at work and meetings and I can get really, really overwhelmed and I'll find myself just kind of like, like almost like you would a little, a little child, just kind of comforting, loving. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it helps me to feel like, like there's some nurturing part of me that I've never been able to kind of find before, like, the reality is, is, like, I'm a forcer, I'm a doer, I'm a beat the shit out of it, I'm a, you know, do everything as hard as I possibly can through life, and, like, this program is teaching me to be a little bit more gentle, um, which, which is pretty incredible. Um, I also, I also have, like, started to connect with um, my parent, you know, my, my loving and kind and caring parent. I don't really, I'm not able to connect yet with um, the inner critical voice. Like, I need help to do that, and you guys help me to do that by, if I pick up the phone after just, like, completely annihilating myself or, 
you know, like getting, going into like a, a crazy shame spiral. Like I connect with you guys and you guys are who tell me that are who that tell me that that is the critical parent. Um, but I also do, um, I go to therapy once a week with a woman who is trained in art therapy. So she has helped me to like, actually like draw out the figures of like what my parent looks like. And it's, it's really pretty amazing. Um, it's this beautiful woman. It's like this really, really beautiful, she kind of looks like me. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> And, you know, she's, I like, um, I feel in colors, which is really bizarre to even, like, think about. But, like, um, she's this very colorful woman, and she has specific colors that, for me, like, I identify with specific feelings. Um, and uh, I can't always, like, it's not, it's not like this beautiful, seamless situation for me where I'm just, like, living each moment with my inner child and my, you know, amazing parent holding hands through, you know, the victory of life. Like, <laughs> it's not what it looks like at all. Um, but, like, these are, these are, these are parts of me that I've never been able to identify before. They're now a part of my life that I have to believe are helping me grow closer to the image of the woman that I truly want to be. And that I've truly always been, but haven't been able to see. Um, my inner child is is pretty amazing. Like I, um, I also suffer from eating disorders, um, and I am like a big time restrictor to this day. Like I want to. Um, it's definitely it's definitely better than it's ever been, and I do have to thank this program for that. Um, but like it'll come to a point in the day where it's like Robin, it's time for breakfast. Robin, it's time for breakfast. And, like, that inner child now has more, like, I honor that more than I ever, ever have in my entire life when it comes to food. And also, like, I never allowed myself to eat. Um, I never allowed myself to eat anything. Like, one of the messages in my household was, like, if women eat food, they get fat. And if women get fat, guys don't love them. And sex is love. And so if you're not getting, if, if that's not happening for you, then you're totally going to be a fucking zero. So... Um, so yeah, like my favorite food is a turkey burger and I love milkshakes and I love potato salad and I love, I mean, all of these foods that I was never, ever allowed to eat and never allowed myself to eat into early adulthood. Like I'm just, I have ice cream whenever I feel like if I want ice cream for breakfast, I have it. Like I don't, I don't tell myself it's not okay anymore, which is like a miracle. Um, and with that, I no longer really um, binge which is also a miracle. So, like, just giving my inner child the permission to do what, you know, within reason. Like, she also has to eat like an adult. Like, no, <laughs> there, are, there are definitely limits. Um, it was really funny the other day, actually. There's this guy that I work with, and he brings cookies for work, and he p went to pass me a cookie, and I was like, no, thank you. And I was like, oh, my God, like, when did that happen for me that I would, didn't, like, I stopped wanting cookies for breakfast? Like, I was pretty amazed with myself. Um... So the other tools uh, that, I, that I practice is um, I, I pick up the phone, um, not as often as I probably would benefit me. Uh, I still like to be pretty self-sufficient, um, but I do do it. I, I, have this, um, I have this action partner that I started with about two or three months ago where I, do, I aim to do five things a day um, 
towards my recovery. And some days it's three things and some days it's two things and some days it's five things. Um, and what that looks like is connecting with another uh, person in recovery per day, um, eating three meals a day, meditating. Um, what are the other ones? What are the other? <laughs> and two other ones. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so that, that's really helpful. I still practice yoga a couple days a week, but it's, and it's, it's funny because that was a very rigid part of my life leading up to coming into ACA. And I realized that like, I really punished myself with yoga and I really tried to form this like very rigid controlled life based around it. And it really prevented me from just doing what I felt like doing. Like, do I feel like doing it? Yes. Do I not feel like doing it? Like, what are, what are the actual reasons that I'm doing the things that I'm doing in my life mm. today? Um, because a lot of times it was just like, I just did it because I thought I had to do it in order to be whole. And like, that's not really what it's about at all. Um, and now I do it because I have a, a job that is pretty taxing on my body and it helps me to stretch and feel actually bigger. Like, um, a lot of the things that I do in my life, I, I, my instinct is to make myself small, whether it's not eating or whether it's being codependent in, in my conversations or, or whatever, sorrying myself to death, um, which is totally improving also. Um, but this is, that is something that helps me to feel like I'm physically a bit my bigger self. Um, and, I, and I was terrified to go out with friends when I first came into this program, like terrified, like crippled with terror um, by going out with people that I thought were my equals. So, like, if you had a career and you looked like you were confident, like, there was no way I was going to ever be able to go out with you and spend time with you because you would totally be able to see what a fucking loser I was, right? And today, um, I go to dinner with people and sit across from them for, like, three hours at a time, and I'm nervous some of it, but, like, I also own that, and it kind of, like, gives other people permission to just be nervous if they are, too, and it turns out, like, most people experience similar feelings to me um and I kind of like being that person that's just like honest about it so social life is growing I still don't really I I still really love the alcoholic guy I I, I went on match.com last night for that I was like you're doing it you are gonna you're gonna date people that are healthy and I looked at all these people and I was like I really still want to get turned on by the guy that's sick and that's my truth like I don't know when that's going to go away for me, and I, and I pray about it. And I don't necessarily relapse the same way into those types of situations like I used to. Um, but if I'm really honest, like, I'm still kind of attracted to that chaos. Um, so I'm just going to keep coming back because I think that sooner or later maybe that'll go away and I'll actually want to be with somebody who treats me nicely and is kind and does honor me. But for now, I'm just going to stay away from the, uh, the latter. Um, so yeah, and I come to meetings, and I, I try to show up in my life the best that I can. That's it.